Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Hello and welcome to the Roto World Baseball Podcast. Uh, in this episode, I will check in on the Detroit Tigers with beat writer Anthony Fennick of the Detroit Free Press. It's part of a series of team-by-team check-ins that my co-host DJ Short and I will be conducting right up until the opening of the 2017 regular season. Um, we've already had team check-ins on the Twins, the Red Sox, the A's, the Diamondbacks, the Cardinals, the Yankees, the Phillies. The list goes on. We're, we're heading down the home stretch now. Um, as we cover all 30 teams and and get a look at, at what they have going on as the, the 2017 regular season approaches. Um, if you like what you hear today, you can find all the old episodes um, on iTunes where you can subscribe to the podcast. If you rate and review us on there, it's, it's a big help. It lets other people know about the podcast. Um, you can also find episodes at Stitcher, the Google Play Store, Audio Boom, and of course the Roto World website. Um, please enjoy this chat with Anthony Fennick of the Detroit Free Press as we check in on the Tigers. Uh, thank you, Anthony, for joining the Roto World Baseball Podcast. The 2016 Tigers finished eight games back of the Indians for the American League Central title and two and a half games short of the Orioles and Blue Jays in the AL wildcard race. It was a rebound from their last place finish in 2015, but for a team that has a, a lot of big stars and a big payroll, Two straight years without a postseason game was obviously a disappointment, which led us into a somewhat convoluted mid-October press conference. I, I don't know if convoluted is the right word, but Tigers general manager Al Avila opened his season-wrapping chat with the media by stating that changes are coming before backing away from the idea that a rebuild was afoot. And the club generally stood pat this winter. There weren't really any major moves, unless you want to consider the Cameron Mabin trade from early November a major move. Um, So I guess my opening question is, where is this club entering the 2017 season? It looks like they want to contend, but it still feels like there are moving pieces here, even though none of those pieces actually moved this winter. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, at the outset of the offseason, uh, general manager Alavila, I, I just think he's being honest, mm-hmm. and I think that the you know the changes are coming, and then the you know paring down of the payroll, um, I think that is in the plan. But I, I, I think the one thing that Al was kind of uh, he was kind of stringent on the whole time was that he wasn't going to make a bad baseball decision uh, just for the sake of lowering payroll. 
Um, so here they are, you know, in the spring, they, they didn't improve, really. I mean, uh, Cameron Maben was their, you know, the, the biggest move in the offseason, like you said, and, and, and uh, they, they didn't improve. But what they're banking on is that they stay healthy this year. Um, you know, mm-hmm. last year they just had so many injuries, with whether it be, you know, Nick Castellanos or Jordan Zimmerman especially. Um, but I, I think it's a fair question to, you know, like ask how, how they will make up those games because they're still going to get injured. Um, they're, they're absolutely still going to get injured this year, but I think it's a fair question to, to say how are they going to uh, make up those three games. Now, that being said, I think uh, I think that was the right move. I think that, that they're going to have a team um, that's going to compete. There's a good vibe here um, in spring training. they got a lot of good players, and, and they're expecting, you know, some like Daniel Morris and, and Michael Fulmer to keep, you know, ascending uh, in, in, in the, the early stages of their career. So I think, it, I think it was a good move that Al kept the team together because um, – like I said, they're they're going to have a chance to compete, but the the thing is, is they they need a lot of things to go right, and, mm-hmm. and the question is if, if that many things will go right for them. There's certainly a lot of talent there, and and I I mean I think they should compete this year at least for in the wild card race. I don't I don't know how to ask this question respectfully, so I'll just ask it. Do you think the the death of longtime Tigers and Red Wings owner Mike Illich accelerates the possibility of a rebuild? Because I mean he pumped a lot of money into that team over the last few years, especially last winter, signing Justin Upton and Jordan Zimmerman. Um, I don't know. Do you have any, like, insight onto that? I know you, you covered that. I, I think it certainly I, I think it certainly will have somewhat of an impact because, um, again, they're trying to lower the payroll. They're trying to get under the luxury tax. And I, I don't think it's going to uh, change as drastically as many expect. But, I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that, uh, Mr. Illich, he, he made a lot of these signings kind of as his call. You know, Justin Upton last year, uh, late in the offseason. You know, Victor Martinez a few years back, Andy Ball Sanchez. These were his calls. And I think uh, a more a more prudent, uh, perhaps financially responsible organization probably would have passed on some of those contracts. Yeah. Um, I think in, in, in that sense, if you take away the, the emotional uh, aspect of, uh, of Mr. Illich and the way he ran the team, I think that will change. But I still think that this is a team that has uh, kind of firmly planted itself in the, in the upper echelon of spending. So I don't think it's going to drop off that drastically, but I, I, I think things will change a little bit. We heard some trade rumors this winter for guys like Justin Verlander, Ian Kinsler a little bit, Miguel Cabrera a little bit. But I'd say with those guys, it was probably more smoke than fire. With a guy like outfielder J.D. Martinez uh, and setup man Justin Wilson, there were a lot of rumors, and there actually seemed to be some momentum. Um, let's talk about J.D. Martinez for a bit. Um, 898 OPS over the last three seasons, despite playing in a tough home park for power. Very good home run totals, despite playing in a tough home park for, for homers. Um, but some pretty bad defensive metrics. I think he's a a weird trade candidate. Um, he's owed $11.75 million in 2017 before he can hit free agency next winter. Al Avila suggested uh, in October that there would be no extension talks with Martinez, and I, it doesn't sound like that has changed. There was a report earlier this month that the Mets completely balked at trading Michael Conforto for Martinez. Um, do you think that the Tigers are still dangling him? Do you think there's a possibility of a of a midseason trade? I guess, I guess it depends on where they are in the standings. But uh, I just want to get your insight on on Martinez heading into the season. Yeah, yeah, I think 
I think it was it was interesting because it was one of the things that he told us right when he arrived at camp was that he wanted to make sure that we're talking about JD Martinez here. He he said he wanted to make sure um, to get off to a good start because he knows you know he's he's going to be a free agent coming up and, and near the trade deadline if the Tigers aren't in things he's going to get traded and he really wants to play uh, he really wants to play with the Tigers so uh, I think he's a definite trade candidate and that that's where the the decisions that Al uh, didn't make in the off season. Uh, the fact that he didn't really sell some of these assets, uh, not sell, but to trade them away. Um, he's really passed the buck to the, the, the middle of the season. That's when we're going to know. Uh, that's when he's going to have to make the more difficult decision because guys like, you know, J.D. Martinez, he's going to be a free agent. Francisco Rodriguez, he's going to be a free agent. Uh, there's a number of other guys that, you know, like that, that, that could be in play for a midseason trade there. Um, you know, I, I just think late in the – a player of J.D. Martinez's caliber certainly gains interest. I mean, he's a very, very good hitter, and I, and I don't think his cumulative numbers kind of uh, showed how good he was last year because he was out six weeks. Right. But, I mean, this is a very good hitter, and I think the thing that uh, the thing that kind of uh, quelled the interest in him a little bit was – I don't even know if that's the right word, but um, he because he, he was a free agent, and I think with the collective bargaining agreement, that all up in the air for the majority of the offseason, and, and teams tending to value players that are under team control, a la, you know, like an Adam Eaton, I think that kind of brought his value down. And, and the Tigers, they would have lost one of those players, like an Ian Kinsler or a, a J.D. Martinez. That probably would have made things a lot tougher. Then you're then you're significantly getting worse. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, we'll jump into – to some players uh, looking ahead to this year, I just I wanted to cover their off season because I, I found it very interesting, especially the way it started with that press conference. It sounded like maybe the rebuild was going to begin, but I, I don't know. Oh, yeah. sure, yeah. I, I I thought it was coming. I thought it was coming for a minute. And I, I mean, it certainly could this year. I, I mean, they they have a lot of piece. If they want to do kind of a rolling rebuild, they they could, or or just get rid of everybody and get really young and kind of like the White Sox did. But um. Michael Fulmer was called up to the majors last April 29th and obviously pitched well enough to stick around all year, earning American League Rookie of the Year honors with a 3.06 ERA, 1.12 whip, and 132 strikeouts in 159 innings. I think that rookie showing came as a surprise for a lot of people, at least you know people in the fantasy industry, because Fulmer basically skipped AAA um, his three starts there last year yielded a 4.11 ERA. I don't. I wasn't really on the radar for me, at least, as a guy that was ready to make a huge impact in 2016. Um, without asking you to make an exact prediction, because that's not your job, do you think Fulmer is a guy who can keep that kind of pace, the low three ERA, the the strikeout per inning type pace over a, over a 200 inning season? I think that. Uh, I, I don't know if he's exactly going to duplicate those numbers from, from last year, but I think barring any kind of injury, uh, staying healthy, he'll put in that neighborhood. I think what he showed last year was very, I mean, he was very impressive. And I, I, I think there's going to be a little bit of a natural regression uh, in terms of, you know, opponents. The, the book is, is long out on Michael Fulmer now, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. He's, uh, they're going to they're gonna see him more. He's, an, he's a known commodity, and that that's really, I do think that means something. Uh, but, man, his stuff, and, you know, I, I, w- I will say this: he, he throws very violently, and he throws hard, and he throws a slider, and that's just something that's kind of you know, if if, if he can, um, I, 
it's just something that my, my gut is telling me that, that could go south one way one, one day. But if he stays healthy, I think that, you know, this is a guy that he showed the capability of, like, going deep into games, and, and that changeup has really given him three-plus three, three pitches there. Um, so I, I think he's a guy that's going to kind of stay on the, on the same track uh, with a little bit of regression, though. Yeah. Um, Jordan Zimmerman was a big letdown for the Tigers after signing a five-year, $110 million free agent contract last November. He actually got off to a really good start in April. People might forget that uh, before falling apart a bit in May and then suffering a, a minor groin strain. And then he hit the disabled list in July with a neck strain, and then there was a strained lat in August. Um, ultimately finished with a 4.87 ERA in 105 innings, including an 8.77 ERA over his final nine appearances, one of those being a relief appearance. Um this, this guy got Cy Young votes in 2013 and 2014 with the Nationals, and he's only 30 years old. Uh, what are you seeing from him this spring health-wise, and do you think we can expect a bounce-back year in, in year two of that $110 million deal? I think I think the jury's still out on that so far. Uh, he's reported, you know, no no soreness, and all. And, and the scouts I've talked to, uh, they say he he pretty much looks back to the the way the way he was in his Washington days. I I, I do think there's still um, pause to to kind of pause on the bounce back train just because we need to kind of see him uh, do this for an extended period now. It's not the because he had those neck uh, the, the neck injuries, which is really very very close uh, in very close proximity to the shoulder. And I'm sure that shoulder, you know, he's thrown a lot of innings in his career. He's had Tommy John. Um, I, I think he still has to prove. Uh, with his health now, that that he can uh, be that kind of guy. But so far, I mean, the stuff looks good, and and, and that's a guy that's really. He, I, I feel like he's kind of like the the X factor. Um, For in sure. Starting, yeah. Then that gives them a big three of Verlander, Fulmer, and Zimmerman, and and without him healthy and at, at form, um, it's going to be hard to see this Tigers rotation kind of survive the grind of a 162 game season. Yeah. Um, I think we could say fairly that Nick Castellanos was kind of rushed to the majors. Uh, he, he debuted in 2013 at age 21 and entered the 2014 season with an everyday role at age 22. Uh, the early returns weren't great, but he has steadily improved from a 700 OPS in 2014 to a 721 OPS in 2015 to an 827 OPS last season. Um, and he essentially missed the final two months of 2016 with a fract- fractured left hand, which kind of stunted his counting stats. But um, I, I think there are a ton of signs that point to a full-on breakout this year, what will be his age 25 campaign. Uh, has that has there been talk about that down in Lakeland, Florida, this spring around Tigers camp, that, that this might really be the year for Castellanos? Oh, for sure. Castellanos has been the uh, the talk of Tiger Town since he got here. Uh, so the first thing you noticed was his body. He looks bigger, but he's also leaner. He's just like a different kind of strong this offseason. Um, and, and you saw it in batting practice. He was belting balls out to the opposite field. Um, so he's a guy that it's not only in the I, at, at the plate either. It's his base running has been very impressive, and he seems uh, he seems faster. He looks faster on the bases, so I think uh, I, I think he's the likely candidate to hit hit second there for the Tigers, right in front of Miguel Cabrera. Very desirable spot, but I mean, this guy the, the hitting ability has never been in question. Uh, but now, now he's kind of growing into to really look like a he looks like an impact player right now. 
Um, so I, I think Castellanos is an easy pick for for a breakout. Uh, just just the way he looks. I mean, he's a he's a he's a good hitter. He goes the other way, uh, and he's still a young player that's developing. Uh, so I, I like him a lot. Yeah, I mean, if he hits second, that's a, a huge boost to his fantasy value, obviously. And I, I, he's a pretty good draft day value as it is right now. Um, I, I think because oh, because sure, it, because sure. his counting stats were kind of stunted last year. I mean, he could have wound up with 25 homers and you know 75, 80 plus RBIs if he if he didn't miss basically the final two months. Um, I think people in the fantasy industry have wanted to write off Francisco Rodriguez for years now. But he always seems to produce um, 44 saves last year. We did see a significant drop-off in strikeout rate and a rise in ERA and whip. And he turned 35 years old this winter. Um, If the K-Rod thing does finally take an ugly turn in 2017, who would be next in line for saves in that bullpen? Fantasy people always want to know that. Well, right right now it looks like uh, Bruce Rondon would be the next guy in line there because – you know, he, he's the setup guy. Um, his velocity was down in, in his last spring outing, though. It was kind of weird, but he's playing with uh, Venezuela in the World Baseball Classic. He's the setup guy. He'd be the next guy. And I think an outside kind of look at, at a close, I mean, very, very deep league we're talking here, but could be a guy like Justin Wilson. Yeah. They might turn. But, I mean, that's they're getting they're getting pretty low there. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, I think, I think K-Rod's going to give you what he gives you. He's going to give you saves. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're, if you're in a roto league, your your ERA and your WHIP might you know take a little bit. His strikeout rate was still it was all right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you're just looking for saves with him because he's gonna he's, he's now a guy that relies on um, just just kind of like outsmarting hitters. He throws a change up a lot. That fastball is simply not up there anymore. It's 89, 90 miles an hour. Um, but he he gets the job done. He does. I saw you post something Thursday morning about the center field situation. Um, so I just want to ask you about that. How do you think that shakes out? It looks like it, Tyler Collins, Mikey Matuk, uh, Jacoby Jones. Who's going to be the starter there? Or is it going to be a platoon situation? Uh, what's your read on that right now? I have no idea. But I, can <laughs> yeah. say, uh, I can say with certainty, I don't think any of them probably will be fantasy relevant. But, yeah. I, I mean, I think right now uh, – I think right now it still could it could have a, a platoon of Mikey Matuk and uh, Tyler Collins with Collins playing against righties and Matuk against lefties and, and Matuk struggled this spring, um, but it, it's early and he also hasn't faced any lefties. He's been uh, he's been hitting against righties mainly. I think he's maybe faced one lefty if any. Um, so I think that the Tigers have taken note of that. Um, Jacoby Jones, I think they're going to start him in AAA. I just think he's a little too raw right now, even though he's pretty good defensively. Um, and then, uh, you know, Tyler Collins is kind of like their fourth outfielder kind of guy, but he, he can fill in the center. He still hasn't played center field, which is kind of starting to become a concern because they can't evaluate him defensively. Um, but really, I don't know what they're going to do in center field. Yeah. I, I asked this of all the beat writers who come on the podcast, and there isn't always a good answer, and the Tigers don't have the greatest farm system, but are there some players in the minors who you think can make a significant impact this year? Not really. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't. I think the one guy, maybe you know, to, to kind of go back to the the closer spot, could be a guy like Joe Jimenez. I mean, mm. he's their top relief prospect, and everybody kind of thinks he's MLB ready. Uh, I think they're determined not to rush him. He could come up in like I don't know, maybe the middle of May, so to speak, uh, so, somewhere in there. But I I think he could be an outside shot at like a saves kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's really about it in terms of like fantasy, like breakout guys. Yeah. Um. 
you know, I, I think for, for, for like <laughs> for real baseball, I think the, the question is going to be if the Tigers have enough pitching depth, uh, like starting pitching and, and, and relief pitching, the depth as a whole to get them through this season. I think that's the biggest concern. But Joe Jimenez is a guy that's a real a deep kind of a real deep closer kind of guy maybe. Um, you want to tell our listeners where they can track your work throughout the spring? Oh, absolutely. Uh, on Twitter, uh, Anthony Fennick, that's A-N-T-H-O-N-Y, F is in Frank, E-N-E-C-H. Um, and, yeah, follow all my stuff on the free press. We do a podcast. I'll have to have you on sometime, Drew. I'd um, love to. But, yeah, that's how, uh, that's how you can follow the Tigers through me. All right. Hey, thanks a lot for doing this, man. We're good. No problem, man. I've been looking, I've been looking forward to it. I see you do you see do, see you doing it with all the other beat writers. That's when I got the invite. So uh, thanks. It was been fun. I want to thank Anthony again for joining the podcast. Uh, we'll have multiple episodes per week, right up until opening day. Um, we've also started our weekly format episodes where we run through headlines and examine some rankings. If you like what you heard today, or, or you like what you heard on our weekly edition podcast, the first one was last Thursday. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Again, you can also find episodes of the Roto World Baseball Podcast on Stitcher, Audio Boom, Google Play, and we always post them at the Roto World website. You can follow me on Twitter at Drew Silve. That's D-R-E-W-S-I-L-V. Just leave off the A. Thanks for listening to the Roto World Baseball Podcast. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.